0: Guys, welcome to the podcast. No, but really, I have my friend Kalina Wilson with us. Hi. So excited to have her. So I am actually very close to your sister Kiana. Mm -hmm. Maxine. I almost said. What's her last name? (laughs) Maxine. Yeah. Um, she just got married, but I'm really excited to have you with us. Um, Kalina's gonna share with us some of her her story. Not some of it. All of it. Um, her (laughs) story of being diagnosed with cancer and just the journey that that set her on and what she went through um so before we get into that we're gonna do highs and lows okay so uh, this week how are you doing with the time change by the way
1: oh my gosh so bad <laughs> it's such a game changer huh yeah <laughs> I, my husband and I, on Sunday, we had so many plans. We're like, okay, after church, we're gonna, you know, watch a movie. We're gonna go on a walk, and then we got home and took a two-hour nap. <laughs> <laughs> and we're just like, okay, we'll do all those things tomorrow. Then I yeah. know, dude, it was hard.
0: Monday morning, Eric, or su- Sunday night, Eric said, I want to go to snooze in the morning for breakfast. Uh-huh. I'm like, okay, no problem. Like, <laughs> sounds great. And he had a haircut appointment at twelve. We woke up at like eleven. Yeah, and he's like. He, like, legit got mad that we couldn't go to snooze. And I was like, I'm so sorry the time changed. Like, I couldn't do it. Yeah. I
1: couldn't. <laughs> like, 11 is really late to sleep in, but it literally no. felt like 7 a.m. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Threw off my whole week. I'm yeah. still catching up. <laughs> I know. It's
0: crazy. Just one hour. But how was your week? What's your highs? What's your lows? Let's start with highs. That's Actually, no. Okay. Let's start with lows and lows. highs.
1: Um, my lows probably... Just had a lot of, um, we're planning for a music video right now, oh. and we've had a lot of kind of things, either pushback or um, things we didn't have planned in time, and mm. we're working on all the details, which is super fun, but also super stressful. Yeah, a lot. <laughs> so, yeah, just all the planning for that has just been, I've just had like a low-key stress all yeah. week. <laughs> but it's, yeah, other than that, I mean, it's all great things, but yeah. that's probably my low. Yeah. What's your high? My high um, is probably my husband and I. It was his spring break last week, so we went to Las Vegas for a few days. Oh, fun. Yeah, it was super fun.
0: Yeah. How is Vegas when you're married? Like when you go with a guy? It was fine. I didn't notice a difference. Do you notice a difference? Yeah, well, it's just funny because like traveling with, well, obviously traveling with a bunch of friends is a very Mm. different experience than traveling with your husband.
1: That's true. We went
0: to San Francisco and I'm very like, let's go out. And like, I'm not like crazy, but I'm really extroverted. Mm -hmm. And Eric's like a little bit more introverted. Right. And so we were like in San Fran and like the Hayes Street where it's like popping and there's these bars that are just like overflowing with people. And so it's like my dream. And I'm like walking in (laughs) and Eric's like, can we is there a place to sit like I can't do this and I was like this is very different and he's so sweet and so he's usually down for all that stuff but sometimes it's like a little overwhelming for him
1: and so I was just thinking
0: like gosh it's really different to like like do you go to clubs with your husband you know what I mean like in Vegas like you're probably gonna do more like dinner and a show than like
1: right Put That's on a little funny. dress and
0: go clubbing,
1: yeah, because I, I didn't do those kind of things in the first place because mm-hmm. I'm introverted, my two best friends are introverted, yeah. So, whenever I travel, <laughs> you guys we're all just staying, <laughs> we're all just super chill yeah. and we'll like go walk around or whatever. Mm-hmm. And my husband actually, we think he's ambiverted, <laughs> so Ooh. we think he's a little about. So, he we're basically you know, we just like to do the same things, yeah. So, it was well, totally fine, <laughs> <for place>.
0: yeah. <laughs> um, I I was gonna ask you something oh can you tell us a little bit about you said music video and yeah. i want to mention kind of a little bit what you do mm-hmm. you have a band with your sister yes tell me everything
1: yeah so <laughs> we kiana and i have a band um called clean and kiana and we um, actually started playing music together when I was 13 and she was 11. Aww. So it's been a good 11 years yeah, <laughs> of geez. music. Yeah. Um, and right now we just released... A single, and then in a few months, we're gonna release an EP. And so, we have our single called It Had to Be You out right now, and we just released a music video for that.
0: The music video is literally the best thing ever. (laughs) Everyone needs to watch it. It's the best. (laughs) It's
1: so cool. It has the cutest dog in it. Oh my gosh. We put out, we did casting for the dog. Really? Seriously. Yeah, we posted, there's like a St. Clemente life. (laughs) Facebook page and we filmed our music video all over San Clemente and we put um and just a post that said hey we're looking for a really cute dog we had so many people send in pictures of their dogs it was hilarious and we auditioned a few and this one was the cutest thing we've ever seen
0: so cute yeah. it's an australian shepherd yeah which is my dream dog oh my gosh me already. too it's mm-hmm. so cute mm-hmm. yeah everyone needs to watch how can they find the music like where do they go to find they that? can
1: find it on youtube our channels clean and kiana um our facebook page basically wherever shows videos we have it up
0: perfect <laughs> and you guys used to be called rocky's revival we did why the name changed?
1: Um, you know, we were basically Rocky Survival. So we have a really long story <laughs> <laughs> of our our band. But in brief, it's we basically had a band when we were 11 and 13. We were just totally going for it. At that time, we thought that... um And record labels thought that in order to promote your music, you needed a television show because there's no other ways to kind of break artists Mm -hmm. in the industry. And so we were actually we had a couple major labels interested and we filmed a pilot. Um, for a TV show to pitch to a couple different networks and specifically Disney wanted to pick it up.
0: Oh my gosh, you were going to be Miley
1: Cyrus. And that was literally the plan. We were supposed to be the next Hannah Montana.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh,
1: (laughs) my dream. (laughs) (laughs) And so we had everything planned out. Um, Our band name at the time was the Rameys. And so Uh Uh yeah, we had everything planned out and Disney basically was like, "Okay, just hold on a sec while we finish hey Montana and the Jonas Brothers are launching a show." Oh yeah. And um so yeah, we had pitched our show idea to them and then a few months later, the Jonas Brothers came out with their new idea that was our idea. So, Disney had totally stolen oh my our gosh. show idea. Yeah. So, we ended up not doing anything with Disney. And then, Oh, my I gosh. Think what? Yeah.
0: Are you allowed to say what the idea was or no?
1: Yeah. It was... We were doing a show. It was awesome. It was going to be a mix of kind of like Flight of the Conchords, where just kind of awkward comedy with music thrown in there mm-hmm. meets kind of the monkeys, just still kind of comedy music. Yeah. Um, and... It was awesome. We were so excited about it. Yeah. Can't, we had all been um, pursuing acting and um, all those kind of things. So it was going to be super cool.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but yeah, so then basically the Jonas Brothers came out with that same show idea. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and so we're like, all right, I guess we're done with that one. But Um, It ended up being a year later, this Italian company um, wanted us. And our band had actually broken up during that time. And so it was just Kiana and I at that point. And um, so this Italian company was like, hey, is your band still available for a TV show? And we're like, no, but just us, just the two sisters are. And they're Mm -hmm. like, "Okay." And so (laughs) we ended up um, going out there to film a pilot for a TV show that they wanted to do about music and fashion and friends and all those kind of things. Oh my gosh, I love um, this so much. I know it was it was gonna be cool, and but they ended up uh, having other projects that they need to work on, so our project kind of got pushed to the back burner a little bit. Mm. But during that time, this is where I'm getting to my point right now. During that time, <laughs> I love all of it. So it's fine. <laughs> during that time, we had signed a contract with them where, like they basically owned clean and Kiana and we couldn't really do anything outside of that, but yeah. they had kind of pushed us aside for a sec. Mm. Um, so we weren't really doing anything, but we yeah. still wanted to write and perform and play shows and all that. So we're like, okay, we'll just be another band name. Yeah. So we decided on Rocky's revival because so cute. <laughs> at the time we're huge Beatles fans. And yeah. so we love Rocky raccoon and all that. Um, but yeah, we decided on that band name and so we actually recorded some EPs and um performed a lot and wrote a whole bunch of songs during that time. We ended up writing like fifty songs in Jeez, a year. It's crazy. Um just because we were basically, you know, waiting around for this yeah. company to get back to us. Yeah. But it turned out to be just like a great time and um since then they got back to us like I don't know, two years later. Um at this point, I think I was one 20 or 21 mm. um and we were just like no mm. we kind of just want to pursue music you know, on our own. I feel like we'd kind of be unhappy because they would also want us to sing songs that their people wrote and it Mm -hmm. wouldn't be totally creative freedom the way that we wanted. And so they're like, okay. And they ended up making the show um, with other actresses and we've been able to write songs for it, which is awesome. And we actually guest starred on an episode. Wow. Yeah. Um,
0: Oh, then I started
1: thinking, like, what have I done with my life?
0: You know, like, as I'm hearing, I'm like, by 21, you were like in a show
1: and like almost on Disney Channel. I'm like,
0: God damn, I got to get out more.
1: (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Crazy uh, series of events. But we anyway. So, yeah, we were Rocky Survivor for a while. And then the contract ended and we weren't with them anymore. And we just thought, you know, we should do a total just rebrand now Mm. that it's just us. Yeah. um, And we felt like Kalina and Kiana was just a more relatable name just to know us two girls. And sometimes I think people got confused with the name Rocky's Revival or called Mm -hmm. it like Rocky Revival or didn't know where it was from. And like you couldn't really tell what kind of music it was when you heard it. So recently we were just like, yeah, we'll just go with Kalina and Kiana. It's super relatable, easy. Yeah. And memorable.
0: And you guys have cute, like that's a cute name. Yeah. Like your names are (laughs) Your names are cute. (laughs) (laughs) Did you know Eric was on Hannah Montana? No. He used to do... This is kind of why I started dating him actually because <laughs> <laughs> he's literally like an extra in like almost all Disney Channel shows.
1: No. Like way. anytime
0: I mention like a show, he's like, Oh yeah, I was on that show. Oh. He used to go to like LA and do extra work or whatever. That's awesome. And he was on Hannah Montana, uh, what was what's the Selena Gomez's show? Wizard of Waverly <sighs> Plays. Like all those shows. And he like on Glee, he was on Glee. No way. He dated one of the cheerleaders, which we don't talk about. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I'm like, oh, my gosh, you're kind of famous. You want to hang out? <laughs> <laughs> like, really, really sold me on that one. That's amazing. Um, so, by this time, you're like, how old are you right now? <clears throat> 24. Oh, okay. So, you're 24. This all was around, like, 21. And then yeah. when did you get diagnosed with cancer?
1: Right before I turned 21. Wow.
0: That's so really young.
1: Yeah. It was when I look back at my life and that whole story... There has just been so many highs and so many mm. lows and it's just been the biggest roller coaster yeah. of events leading up to now mm. where I feel like I'm almost normal at this point. Yeah. <laughs> that's hard yeah. to
0: like recover
1: from. Yeah. What kind of cancer was it? It was Hodgkin's lymphoma. So and that's a really interesting cancer because it hits people, it hits young adults mm. and then it hits people basically you know, in their fifties, sixties and on. So it's very bizarre, but it's definitely, I don't know if this is the right word, but it targets if cancer Mm -hmm. can do that young adults, which is kind of upsetting. Yeah.
0: So what were kind of the signs? So like you're living, your you know, you're 21 years old, you're with your friends, you're hanging out. And then what brings you to the doctors? Like, was it a back eight? Like what happened? Yeah.
1: So it was pretty bizarre. I had just a lump on my neck. Mm. Um, and I had, I was kind of taking it lightly at first and I had noticed it and I was like, okay, well, if this doesn't go away, maybe I'll do something about it. And mm-hmm. it had probably been, um, a couple months and it wasn't going away. Is I it think getting bigger. No, it was staying the same size, mm-hmm. but it was just there. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was probably around, say, March of 2014. Um, I had just noticed it. Mm. And then, and then in, um, May I was like, okay, well this is still here. I don't know what to do about it. I went to a few doctors and, and it's um right where your lymph nodes are mm. and so most doctors were like oh you know it's probably just you processing a cold or like have you been sick lately or whatever because that's you know what your lymph nodes do and yeah. I was like no I haven't <laughs> been sick lately yeah. <laughs> I don't know and they're like okay we'll just keep an eye on it mm. and um, I'll send you to this you know specialist and he'll look at it or whatever and I was like okay so everyone's you know really yeah, downplaying very casual yeah super casual and so I go to this um, ENT and he feels it and he actually felt there were just a few more lumps that were like a little deeper Mm. and um he was like all right well we'll just do a biopsy to see uh, what this is and so first we did a needle biopsy basically where they just stick Uh. yeah I know they stick Uh. a needle in and grab some cells just to see um like what's going on with the cells and that was inconclusive and so then we actually did a full biopsy where they took out yeah. the lump um oh, and checked it and that's it was probably June at this point and um that's when I was officially diagnosed it's probably very early July um and at the time I just didn't know what that meant because yeah. I just I knew my grandma had died of cancer but mm. like I just didn't really know anything else about it and um just kind of scary but at the same time in a super weird way, kind of peaceful, (laughs) Mm. which at the time I was just feeling just so good in my walk with Christ. And Mm. I was just feeling um, super positive. And I was Mm. like, "Okay, well, this is a super weird thing that's about to happen to me. But I feel like I can use it to do really good things Mm. and help um, so many people. That was your
0: first that was seriously my first
1: reaction it was insane Mm. the amount of peace I felt Mm. with it um yeah so basically after that um I had to start doing a bunch of tests and things to see if my body was strong enough to go through chemotherapy so I did um, some cardiac tests and pulmonary tests and uh I also had to do a fertility treatment because after chemotherapy um it's pretty likely that you won't be able to have kids. Mm. And so... Is
0: that something you want, like, you want to be a mom?
1: Yeah, that's something I've always... I just want to be a mom Mm. one day. But, um, so I did... Yeah, and that took the longest. I did a fertility treatment. It took, I think, about a month because it starts out... um, You have to give yourself shots every night like right in your <laughs> ovary vagina area <laughs> yeah <laughs> right there um and uh yeah, I, I couldn't get myself to do it, so I'd have my mom do it. Oh, I, yeah, I couldn't do it either. Yeah, I couldn't. Yeah, giving myself shots, never, I can never do it. I know, I'd be like, one, two, nope, nope, yeah. nope,
0: <laughs> <laughs> nope, not happening. Oh my
1: gosh, and the night, it was so stressful, the night, I actually ended up having my fertility surgery on my 21st birthday, Oh wow! <laughs> which was memorable, oh, to yeah. say the least, um, mm. But the night before, you have to do, at this exact time has to be like a certain amount of hours before the surgery, this giant shot in your butt. Oh you gosh. have to like, and it. I was so stressed out. <laughs> I saw the needle. It was huge. Yeah. I was like, mom. <laughs> like, and you had to get it in this exact spot. Oh, like, there's so many factors where like, if something goes wrong, oh like my maybe, gosh. I don't know, it was so stressful.
0: How do you do, like, it's hard enough to like. Get back there, right? Like, and, uh, that's yeah.
1: <laughs> so yeah, and I had my mom do it, and it was Aww. just anyway. Ended up working out fine. Yeah, they ended up with the surgery. Ended up getting like eight eggs, I think. So okay. I have eight little babies somewhere Aww. in a freezer. <laughs> Wait,
0: that's. <laughs> Kourtney Kardashian was just talking about doing that. So really, you want some
1: of for off, Yeah. Um. Aww. But yeah, so that was um. The last thing I had to get through in order to start chemotherapy. Yeah. Because um, that was super important so to me. So, were you
0: scared? I mean, like, I know you said that you were feeling at peace, but when yeah. you're 21 and uh-huh. you're like, okay, I have to start chemotherapy, like, yeah. were you scared? Like,
1: yeah. Oh, yeah. I was really scared. It took, I still I had doctors explain it to me and everything that was happening, but it still took some time to just yeah. like process and yeah. understand what was really. Going on. Were you at um, the doctor's
0: with your parents when you find out? When you found out, or were you by yourself?
1: I actually, um, I don't know why. I don't know why they didn't call me, but they called my mom. Oh. I don't know if they just had her number or something. Yeah. But yeah, they called my mom and mm-hmm. told her that it was um, Hodgkin's lymphoma.
0: Oh my gosh! What did your mom do? Uh.
1: <laughs> My mom's not good at sharing bad news.
0: She gets really <laughs> She's awkward. Like, I'm
1: just gonna not <laughs> deal with that. <laughs>
0: right.
1: But I don't even remember her telling me. But I remember she like being kind of awkward, mm. and and then um, telling me. And I was just like, oh, <laughs> okay. Mm. I don't know what that means. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it was um, yeah, pretty pretty bizarre, pretty unreal. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I ended up, uh, doing my first round of chemotherapy. Mm. I think altogether I had eight rounds. Um, yeah. A lot. (laughs) Yeah. So I did my first round by this time it was, you know, the end of August. Mm. Um, and they take, uh, it takes four hours to get everything into your system. Mm. Um, and so it's really interesting. They did it through something called a portacath, which they – have a scar. Okay. But they implant um, this little thing in your chest that goes mm. right into, like, your veins oh, and stuff. Gosh. And so they basically inject all the chemotherapy drugs into mm. that, and so it goes right into your blood and what stuff. What does that feel like? Do you feel like um, – what is it? It didn't really feel like anything. Oh, but this is weird. There's one drug um, – It's cool now that I'm far away. I can't even remember the names of the drugs anymore. But there's one drug that people called it Big Red. It was this big, like, red watery looking thing and it would go in and after you had it your pee would be red for a while oh my gosh so it looks like you're just bleeding (laughs) oh gosh so interesting
0: i love how this is like i love how you're laughing through this right now i'm like so uncomfortable like holding my chest i'm like oh god
1: (laughs) yeah but yeah it wasn't it wasn't too bad um i just there's a big um just infusion room where they did all this. I'd kind of be just hooked up to like an IV, just going in for about four hours. There'd be other cancer patients and I'd always bring a friend or family member with me um, to just sit with me. And uh, yeah. Oh my gosh. But I almost forgot. There was one other thing I had to do before I started treatment and it was a bone marrow biopsy. Oh, I heard that's really painful. It was the worst <sighs> pain I've ever felt really? in my whole life. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, and I had a bilateral one. So, you had to do it on both sides. Oh, gosh. So, basically, they drill into your pelvis. What? And try to get, oh, you know, test the bone marrow and blood I'm and everything. i so can I know can you you're so right <laughs> <me>? like <laughs> I'm, like, sitting in a ball holding my whole body right now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this and is so
1: painful. It's horrible, absolutely horrible. Um I cuz I remember the doctors totally downplayed it. They're like, "Oh, it's not that bad. We do it to children when they, you know, have cancer and stuff." And oh. I was like, "Okay, well, if children can right, do it, I, I can this. do yeah. it." <laughs> and oh my gosh, cuz they can, you know, you can numb your skin, but you can't numb your bone. Yeah. And so you just oh, felt everything going in there and I had to do it, yeah, on two Aww. sides, and it was the worst thing, excruciating. Oh my god! Yeah, you poor thing. but I know, yeah. So everything leading up to chemotherapy was hard, and then yeah, and then it started, and um, basically, uh, what happened was after you do your treatment, it basically knocks you on your butt for a week. Yeah, and where basically all I could do was just lay on the couch, like, Mm. it just made my body really weak, I was kind of nauseous, um, and just really uncomfortable, like, in a way where no position that you're sitting or laying felt good, and, um, and so, yeah, and then the next week, I'd slowly start feeling better and feeling normal or whatever, and then it would start all over again, and so basically every two weeks, I just got knocked on my butt Mm. so hard, and... At first I was like, okay, this, you know, I can do this. It's not that bad. I'm only doing this for a little less than 5 months. Like yeah. I can I can totally do this. Mm. Um, but then halfway through, just I was so upset. Mm. I just like knowing that in 2 weeks I would have to, you know, do this again and get knocked on my butt like yeah. again, I just that was when i really started feeling depressed mm. and and it's really interesting for me though too because i've never been someone that had struggled with depression mm. um and i'm am a pretty emotional person but and like uh but i had never dealt with anything like that yeah. and it was so scary cuz it just almost felt like all of a sudden i just was super hopeless and it mm. felt like Um, I wasn't going to make it out of this. I just felt really guilty about everything. Just Mm -hmm. all the signs of just major depression. But, and I was, um, yeah, I was just really scared. Yeah. So scared about, um, I don't know what my life was going to look like. And, um, I was honestly, you know, feeling a little suicidal and I just, um, Was super hard, and that was the hardest part out of Mm -hmm. all of this was the depression. Did you
0: feel like people like understood? Like, what was it like?
1: Yeah, that too. It, I felt like no one really understood what was happening. Um, and my friends, you know, did as much as they could, but like they couldn't relate and you know, couldn't be there all the time. I just felt like I was alone a lot, and um. Yeah, it was um, definitely the hardest thing I've ever been through mm. in my whole life. And yeah, I got to the point where in my last treatment, something that should have been a super happy and joyous time, I was still just so depressed. Mm. Like, even though I was done with chemotherapy, I had done it, like cancer was gone, wow. Um but I was still just so depressed. And mm. that was right around the time I um, had started therapy. And very shortly after, because I was like, I will do anything for, mm. you know, this feeling of hopelessness to go away. Because yeah. my therapist had mentioned like, well, why don't we try an antidepressant? And I was like, okay, I want to do anything right yeah. now because I'm sick of being mm. in this hopeless black hole right now. Yeah, um, And that was when it had just really hit me. Um, so I'd started, uh, antidepressants and a few days later it was almost like something was just totally lifted off my shoulders. Mm. It was crazy. And that was when I was like, wow, that was such a chemical thing that had happened in my brain. Mm. And that like, which is crazy, yeah. that something that can be a little off on your brain can cause you to feel like it would be better if I wasn't here anymore, yeah, which yeah. is so crazy. And a lot of people don't believe that. yeah, that's the thing too. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. I had so many people just be like, "Oh, you know, pray about it mm-hmm. or I don't know about antidepressants and mm-hmm. stuff and stuff like that, And I was like, no, but you don't understand right. like. Now that everything's working the way it should be, like, I feel like I can get through this. And Mm. obviously, I still had so much to work through, through therapy and stuff. But at least it didn't feel hopeless. Yeah.
0: And sometimes, like, a lot of people are so against medication and Mm -hmm. it's like, Look, if you're, if you can't even get out of bed, how are we supposed mm-hmm. to make progress? Like you, totally. you need to be in a place where you can at least function yeah. and then we can work from there and then you can be off of it. You mm-hmm. know, we got to get you out of bed. Totally, <laughs> We got to get you in therapy first.
1: Yeah. How long were you on it for? I probably was on it for. I think a little over a year. Okay. And then I weaned off. Yeah. Because I was feeling pretty. Not like everything went away, but pretty almost back to normal at that point. And I was like, okay, well, um, I'll just try it and see. You know, I could always go back on, but I'll just try it and see if I wean off. If I feel the same, and I did, and Mm. that was awesome. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So, were
0: you suicidal during this whole year, or was it just kind of like a chunk, like a month, or what? How long? It was was probably
1: a couple months. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Where yeah, just felt completely hopeless um and just yeah just crying all the time I just felt like nothing is going Mm -hmm. right just all these it's so weird what depression brings out Mm -hmm. it's so because so many things like your perception is just off on everything that happens Mm -hmm. like I don't know I just even remember I was it was around Christmas and I remember Like trying to pick out a present for my mom or something, Mm -hmm. and I feel like Kiana said something like, "Oh, well, that's okay," and I just lost it. Like I just felt like, Mm. I don't know. I was like, "Oh, it's not good enough. Mm. Like she's just gonna hate it." I just and everything just goes totally just downhill, and you're just pattern of thinking everything goes to the worst. Everything goes to the negative.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. And so. Yeah, and so that's a lot of, to what I had um, worked on. And I also, um, with everything, had kind of minor PTSD a little bit, too, yeah. um, with just uh, things I, like... I, I smells and tastes are really big for me and they've mm. always like triggered things for me like like a certain smell could just you know I'm sure a lot of people but yeah bring you back to a certain time or yeah those kind of things um and so but there were some things that I just like couldn't stand like this one soap mm. <laughs> that my mom was using or things that just I don't know mm. why but the smell of our couch that I had just laid on for yeah. so long just really took me back there and so mm. Um, and I would just have flashbacks all the time of just, um, not even cancer, but mostly just depression really. Um, and so that was pretty hard to work through. And there's still a couple things. Like Mm -hmm. I still don't drink apple juice because you had to drink so much (laughs) because I drank a lot whenever I was taking pills. I had to take this medication for nausea every like four hours or so. Um, during chemotherapy and I always did it with apple juice and I still haven't been able oh. to drink apple juice,
0: which is fine.
1: I it's not that great anyway. I'm it's not really myself. Anyways, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, working through all those little things and um Yeah, and at that time too, you know, going into it, I had felt super peaceful, like really felt God's presence. And it just seemed like right when I was getting really depressed, like God disappeared, Mm. like couldn't find him, couldn't feel him. And it's, it's not like I wasn't trying. I was still, you know, praying. I was always reading my Bible and going Mm. to church and really, um, trying for that connection and relationship. And he just wasn't there. Mm. Um, and, uh, it took, Oh, wow. I think I was also just really mad at God for a while. And that also took is maybe even till this last year where I feel okay. Mm. And it's been, so it's been three years now um, since I finished chemotherapy. But it really took until this last year where I can really, again, kind of see God's goodness and feel his presence and Mm -hmm. um, dive deeper into a relationship and just feel happy. Um, What were
0: some of the things that made you mad with God? Like, what were you
1: feeling? Yeah, I just kind of felt like, why, why did you let me get here? Like, why, like, you said that, like, this was going to be good. Like, you Mm -hmm. helped me feel that this was going to be peaceful and Mm -hmm. I was going to help people. And why did you let me? get to this low point and where are you like where are you in all this and um you know why can't I feel you why aren't you present in my life um and I think and it really bothered me for a while like I still went to church and all that, but it just bothered me when people would be like, Oh, God's so good, like I'm praying for you, like you'll get through this or like whatever. Yeah. I'm like, You don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I would just get internally really mad yeah, at people. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah, and um and just even when I would just hear something in someone's life that was going good mm-hmm. I would just get mad yeah because I was like why is God working in your life and why isn't he yeah. working in mine and mm-hmm. there was just I just felt so much bitterness and um that really took a while to heal from yeah and now I finally feel like I still don't know what had happened during that time like why I didn't feel God but mm-hmm. I know it was all um super purposeful and I'm glad I could have times like these to share my story and mm. what I'm feeling and um yeah so that was also super hard for me
0: did you think that cancer was going to take your life
1: no I didn't uh, uh interesting thing about Hodgkin's lymphoma is that it's one of the most curable mm. cancers I say curable with air quotes yeah um <laughs> Because it's still, you know, there's always still a little chance right. that something could come back, or yeah. sometimes chemotherapy even causes different cancers in the future and all that stuff. But at the moment, they've had the highest success rate with people um, that had uh, Hodgkin's lymphoma. Mm. And so, and I had actually met some really cool people. Um, it was weird. One of my good friends, one of her friends, had Hodgkin's lymphoma mm. too. So it was weird that my one friend had two good friends yeah, that had... Yeah, poor girl. I know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I got to uh, talk to her and she's still doing great and everything. Mm. She had it about a year before I did. Mm. Um, and for the most part, people I talk to that have had this disease, like, they're doing great. They're mm. living normal lives. Like, everything's awesome. Yeah. Um, and so out of all the cancers, like, this is the one to have. Right, <laughs> right. If I'm going to go down, yeah. Right. <laughs> and mm. so that was like a blessing in a weird way. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: were they all, were you able to talk to them about the depression and stuff? Did they all kind of feel the same way in that? Or was that yeah, specific to you?
1: Some people did. Um, and some people didn't. I ended up joining, it was like a little after I had um, finished chemotherapy, I joined a support group. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Yeah, for cancer survivors, and some of them got what I was feeling, and some of them didn't really struggle with depression, and yeah, some of them were just like, no, I just knew I was going to fight through this the whole time, mm. had a positive attitude. It's like, what, how? Yeah, yeah, seriously. It's <laughs> crazy. Um, but yeah, it wasn't a thing all of them got, but actually, um, out of all people... Andrew McMahon, who Mm. we have opened for a few times and he's a great musician and Mm. has his own, um, uh, scholarships for cancer survivors, Mm. specifically musicians. Um, and he's one that like got the whole depression thing. I recently, not recently, I think it was last year, did an interview for his Dear Jack Foundation, Mm. um, and talked about it and he just kind of affirmed like that's totally normal and all those kind of things. And yeah, yeah, just, it's cool to be able to relate to people on that kind of level. Yeah.
0: Yeah. What do you say to people that, because a lot of people are dealing with depression and Mm -hmm. and suicidal thoughts and maybe not specifically from cancer, but other things like you get it. Like you, you Mm -hmm. were there, you were in that moment. And cancer wasn't maybe going to take your life, but you almost took your own. And so like, what do you, what would you say to people that are maybe feeling like that now or in that wave? Like, would you say like, okay, this is kind of
1: what helped me or what What would you say? Right. And that's such a hard question yeah. because I always hated when people are like, you could do this. Right. Like, you can get through it. I'm like, shut up. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Don't
0: know. That's like the worst thing it's to say, just in so case anyone bad. wanted to
1: know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I can tell you what not yeah. to say. Um, but... You know, what kind of meant the most to me out of everything was just someone just being there. Mm. And it's not even about saying anything. It's just I almost feel like things could have turned out differently if someone would have just sat with me, Mm. just like through everything. And um, because there were so many times where I just felt so alone and I was just laying on the couch and I was watching TV And just, like, couldn't really do anything else. And um, just wishing, like, someone could just be there with me. And, like, you don't even have to say anything. I just need someone's company. Yeah. And so, to me, that's so much more powerful than anything that you can say.
0: Why do you think, and not to, you know, obviously I'm sure everyone in your family was... Mm -hmm. as supportive as possible, so not to shame. But why do you think no one knew to do that? Like, why do you think that
1: wasn't something that people did? I think my parents did the best they could. I think a lot of people kind of felt uncomfortable. Mm. Like, they just didn't know what to do. Yeah. Um, And didn't know how to say anything and didn't know how to do anything because, yeah, I was kind of the first person in my, you know, immediate family and friends to go through something like this. And so mm. I think everyone just kind of felt awkward. Yeah. And and I didn't know how to voice what I was thinking and I didn't know Yeah, I just re- honestly didn't really know what I needed. Yeah. Um until looking back on it. Mm. And so Yeah. I just think no one really knew how to process. And yeah, because even my best friends, I know that they, when I told them I had cancer, I think they both like started crying and just like didn't know what to do. And I think a lot of people felt that way and no one really showed me that. Everyone kind of tried to put on a brave face around me Mm -hmm. and tell me things, but I personally would have liked someone to cry with or just be with. Yeah. Yeah. Did you
0: feel like you got that when you started therapy
1: or no? Yeah. Yeah. I think I did. I loved my therapist. She was awesome. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. It was super nice to just go somewhere and talk about everything and just let it all out and um but it was actually the first time I went to therapy it almost made it worse like I almost felt like once we put a name to this Mm -hmm. and once um she's like oh you know just talking about like depression and PTSD and just all these things I almost like left with more anxiety yeah yeah (laughs) and yeah um and there was just, like, a lot of processing, and I just didn't know what to do, and I wasn't mm-hmm. even in a place to be able to process any of that, yeah. and, um, but, yeah, slowly after that, though, and I started, um, you know, she would give me exercises, and, um, just basically helping me to train my brain to, you know, think the way it's supposed to, and more positive thought patterns, and, um all those things I ended up just loving it and loving her and um yeah really thankful for such a good um therapy experience yeah Yeah. so to
0: be so young and to go through something because that was like a year of your life right like that whole process Mm -hmm. like coming out of that or even in like still in that so like when you are in chemo you have to like shave your head and all these things were those some of the things you had
1: to experience as well yes so you start losing your hair about two weeks after your first, um, treatment. Mm-hmm. And so I had gotten great advice there cause my hair was down to my shoulders at the time. Mm-hmm. And someone was like, you know, it's going to be a lot easier if you have a pixie cut before your hair starts falling out. So you're mm-hmm. not losing big, you know, yeah. long strands of not hair. It's traumatic. just yeah. l- way less traumatic. Um, and I was like, oh, okay. And so we had asked um, our friend, my now brother-in-law, Richard, ah. <laughs> um, to uh, give me a pixie cut. And mm. it was something, actually, my best friend had been telling me for years. She was like, you would look so good with a pixie cut. And also I was like, no, I don't know. You've like the and perfect <laughs> face for it, too. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, but, yeah, so she was excited. So I took her and my other best friend, mm. and we... We went and chopped off my hair and I loved it actually. Yeah. yeah. And the sad part was it started falling out a week later. I was mm-hmm. like, no, I like this haircut. Aww. But um, yeah, so that was great advice. Um, But yeah, and that's something I actually still get kind of flashbacks of still like, because I remember specifically this one time I was in the shower and I was washing my hair and the amount of hair that I just saw on my hands, like it was just all coming out. Um, and so sometimes when I'm in the shower still and I wash my hair and I just like have a couple of hairs on my hands yeah. or whatever, I still like, I just go right back there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so my hair started falling out like very quickly. Um, mm-hmm. And shortly after I um, shaved my head and got a wig which was awesome. I actually had a whole bunch of people just donate money. Because wigs are expensive. They are. They're like awkwardly yeah.
0: expensive. Yeah,
1: they really are. <laughs> it's like, oh, okay. It's yeah. like a thing. <laughs> and so, yeah. So I had people donate, which was mm. amazing. Um and I got this wig and it was <laughs> the only cool thing about this was it was so easy Yeah, like yeah. because I had you know I had a shaved head right? and I was put on a wig every day and I was just like wow my hair is done it looks great <laughs> I look great <laughs> and it was fun too because yeah. it was a different color a different oh. cut than I had I love
0: how pot like <laughs> I would be like I get a trim and I'm hysterical because I'm like my hair is too short like I love how yeah. positive you are during this whole time I mean you know there were there were moments, but... Right.
1: Yeah, but it was fun. I liked that haircut. Eventually, I had bangs. Eventually, I want bangs again.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. But, yeah, so that was nice for a while. And then mm. it was interesting, too, because um, I didn't tell very many people. It wasn't something I made super public. It was just, like, my close friends and family knew. I didn't really want a bunch of fake support on social media of people that just post a comment and do nothing praying for you right that that didn't sound appealing to me yeah um (laughs) but so yeah not a lot of people knew and so it was just funny I was actually still trying to take a class during all this Hmm. I was um god damn girl I know (laughs) I had taken I was taking two online classes And then one class that didn't have an online option, because I didn't want this to postpone my school at all. Mm. Um, But the one that I was taking on campus um, was an accounting class. I hated accounting. (laughs) but um, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) The one that you have to get up and go to is like the worst one. The worst. (laughs) Um, But I had the coolest professor. Mm -hmm. I had written all my professors before I started. I just written them a long email about, you know, I'm – I was just diagnosed with this. I have um going into chemotherapy. I don't know how it's gonna affect my school, but I'm a hardworking student and mm. I would, you know, just it would be great um for me to finish the class and I'm sorry if I can't, you know, mm. be there all the time or whatever. Um I had one professor actually I w- at first, I was going to take two classes on campus. I had one professor kind of sent me, like, she's like, okay, well, if you're not going to be there, you're going to fall behind, and, like, just, like, oh I was my like, gosh, whoa, gosh, okay. Way to have some grace. Right, and so I ended up dropping that class, but yeah. my other professor of the class I had to go to was so cool. Mm-hmm. He, like... It's like, okay, yeah, we'll do, you know, whatever it takes. Like, you can take some of the tests at home mm. and like all this stuff and it was I'm still just so thankful mm. for that professor. Um cuz yeah, during this time too, it was when I was transferring from community college to, you know, a Cal State. Yeah. And um I was like, wow, this is going to just all push me back so much and I just don't want like I've already <laughs> I took so long at community college like yeah. I just really wanted to get on with my life um yeah. and yeah it was awesome I ended up getting in for the spring to um the Cal State Fullerton mm-hmm. where I it's the only college I applied to I was like okay this is easy they have yeah. the major I want whatever yeah um and it was great but I ended up having to take one more class at community college because I had to drop the one but mm. it was fine um But, yeah, I had just great professors, but it was pretty funny because at the beginning of the semester, I think I had, um, like, long hair into my shoulders. Yeah. Then, like, a week in, I think I got a pixie cut, and then, like (laughs) – two weeks later I came in with a wig and I was was like like, what is going on with this girl I was like oh my gosh I wonder what my other students are thinking of me like this is so weird did anyone say anything no one said anything I didn't really talk to anyone in that class I wasn't like super feeling it yeah Yeah. um (laughs) we're really in the mood (laughs) And, I, yeah, I think my professor noticed. I think he just smiled every time mm. I, like, came in with something totally different yeah. than it was the week before. Oh. Um, but, yeah, and then the transition out of my wig, too, because all of a sudden, and then, yeah, people I was seeing, I was going to, like, this college group at the time at mm. um, Saddleback Church, and um, everyone was like, whoa, well, your hair, like, oh, my gosh. It just kept changing. Yeah. And then by the time... I think my hair was growing back around like the summer of that next year, um, and I had transitioned out of my wig to like a really short pixie haircut because yeah. I just was sick of it. Yeah, sick of wearing a wig over like just some hair. Um, and then people again were like, "Oh my gosh, like you look so different." Yeah, I was like, oh, yeah. I just so you wanted didn't tell? Ta- you weren't telling people? Yeah, the- I wasn't really telling anyone. Um, oh. but. It was I actually this is a super random story. Um this guy had asked me out <laughs> on a date and I I had actually I had found him like I was like yo yeah, go but I like wasn't super feeling it but I was like it could be fun. Right. Um And it was the week I was transitioning from like my wig to my really short pixie haircut. (laughs) And so the last time he had seen me, I was wearing a wig. And so I texted him just to like tell him, I was like, hey, so my hair is going to look super different, just to let you know. (laughs) Oh, man. It was so (laughs) awkward. And I don't even remember if I ended up telling him why. I think because just because, I don't know, I didn't want to get all into it on, like, our first date or whatever. But I think I could tell he was just feeling so awkward and he really wanted to ask about it, but then, like, he didn't. Anyway, he ended up being weird, and we, he told me later (laughs) that, like, he, because I told him, I was like, hey, I don't really know if this is working yeah <laughs> because i just wasn't feeling it at all right. and he's like no like if it's me like i just i just felt really awkward that your hair had changed and oh he's just like i didn't say anything i was like okay still no still like- not happening
0: <laughs> yeah i know you felt very awkward you don't need to say
1: it. <laughs> yeah. but now it's just so funny that oh it happened God. to me like just that one week yeah where, yeah i was making a huge <laughs> transition. <laughs> that's so good yeah
0: so you ended up so now you're married yes one year in when did you get married in the summer yeah we got married in June so okay. we're like
1: eight months oh so eight months yeah. in
0: and where where are you now like looking back at that time like are you still
1: like where
0: where are you today with all of that good yeah
1: Yeah. it took I think till now mm. it took um a good three years but like now's the time where you know i still have questions for god that yeah. hopefully he'll answer eventually and um but i feel good about it i feel like good about my faith i feel about good about my relationship with god like mm-hmm. and that was just um you know something i went through i'm it's been super cool and it's something i was really hoping for was that i felt like being married or at least, you know, moving out of my house was going to be something that was going to be super therapeutic for me. Just mm. not to be in the same place where I dealt with all of that. Yeah. And so I just feel like mm. being married, kind of like having this new life. Um, yeah. Living in our tiny little apartment. Uh, it's just been so healing mm. just not to be in a place you know, where all that happened, just having a new start. Yeah. And it's, I feel like it's just been so healing. And just mm-hmm. to have someone, too, I mean, like I was saying earlier, like someone that could just sit with me if, like, something's hard or, yeah. um, yeah, marriage has just been really healing for me and it's been awesome.
0: It's cool because marriage, like, I mean, when you're married to the right person, mm-hmm. <laughs> this isn't true for everyone, but marriage can be so healing sometimes. Yeah. Like, that attachment that you can, like, rebuild with someone, like, mm-hmm. just really... Like you can look back and be like, oh, I need, where were you at that time? You know, right. where did I meet you like 10 years ago right. when I was bullied in middle school? <laughs> <laughs> You've been a really great friend at the time. Um, but yeah, what's something that as we like kind of wrap up mm-hmm. and thank you for sharing like so much of your story and, yeah. and the depression, all of that. What are, what's something that you really want people to know either about you now or um, or something that you really want to like put out there for people to hear and, and know about you or your story or how you can impact people with everything?
1: Yeah, I mean, like I said before, I think the most important thing that someone could do for someone that's struggling with depression or anything is just to be there with them, is to not belittle it. I feel like a lot of people belittle it yeah. or they like to put sad and depressed in the same category mm-hmm. and it is... Definitely not. not. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, just to really believe in someone who's going through it and to be there with them are just such important things. And yeah. for someone who's going through it, don't be afraid to talk about it. Mm. Don't be afraid of therapy. And um, don't be afraid to ask your friends for help. Mm. And that was something I think I didn't do a good job of. And... Mostly because I just didn't know how, um, but asking for help is always such a good idea.
0: Yeah, it really is, and yeah. it's really hard for people. Yeah,
1: it is, especially me. I'm someone who's more of a like server and a giver mm. and stuff like that, and so I don't always like ask people for things. Yeah, and so yeah, I think I just yeah just really didn't know how be like, hey, I need you to just come over and just be here with me. Yeah. Like, was just not something I just thought about doing.
0: Yeah. And it's like, I mean, so far to the point where, you know, you were suicidal. Like, how far will people go before they ask for help? And and some people take their lives, you know. Some people go all the way down the road. Totally. Which is sad, you know, and it's like. But then it's also the risk of like, sometimes people don't do it even when you ask, you know, and you kind of risk, right? Like the, okay, I asked people to be here. And now they're not. Mm-hmm. So now I just did something super vulnerable and they're still not responding, you know? Totally. So you, it's really hard for us to need people and they might not show up in that way. Totally. Yeah. And your sister, sisters, you have two sisters. Mm-hmm. Um, how's your relationship with them now? Like, is it like awkward yeah. or is it fine? <laughs> I mean, you know, what's it like for them? kind of hearing your story and all of this
1: good yeah um my older sister and it was really hard during all this she was actually living in Nashville okay and so she was living far away so I know she felt horrible about not being able to be there yeah um and then with Kiana it was actually really cool we actually had a cool conversation about it a few months ago I think um yeah, but we're yeah we're all doing good. Yeah, yeah, good. Well, I'm so glad that you came
0: over and talked yeah. about all of this. You're such a sweetheart, and the fact that you just made this such a positive experience for what you could and and mm-hmm. just impacting so many people. And even being honest with like depression and suicide and therapy and medication, it's that's hard to talk about. And so yeah. I'm so sorry that you had to experience all of that at such a young age. And that's mm-hmm. so horrible um but it sounds like you really made the best of, of everything and you're in a really good place right now yeah, yeah. well thanks for coming over you're welcome that's a wrap <laughs> <laughs> and thanks everyone for listening be sure to follow us on instagram at no but really podcast and subscribe on apple Podcasts to make sure you capture the next episode